and the brave new world begins. When all men are paid for existing, and no man must pay for his sins, as surely as water will wet us, as surely as fire will burn, the gods of the copybook headings with terror and slaughter return. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Copybook Headings podcast. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, this show is inspired by the poem by the by uh, Rudyard Kipling. And uh, every week we take a, an old proverb or maxim and break it down to see what we can learn from it. I am your host, Patrick Payne, and with me as always is my host, Andrew Stevens. Andrew, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you today? I'm doing great. Uh, excited to be on again for for another episode. This is this is uh, um, I'm excited about this proverb, and um, uh, it's been a been a been an interesting week. So so I think I've, we've I've got some some uh, some interesting things to talk about with this one. Well, I'm excited to hear it. Uh, I think I think this one was one of yours. So why don't you tell everyone what we're talking about today? Yes, this one was one of mine, and the uh, proverb that we're doing this week is, show me who your friends are, and I'll show you who you are. Okay. This is, yeah, this is an interesting one. It has a couple different variations. I've heard it, show me who your friends are, and I'll tell you who you are, something to that effect, uh, mm-hmm. but um, the the meaning is the same. Um, doing a little bit of research on this one, I'm not exactly sure where it came from. Uh, there's, you know, variations of this saying, different iterations going all the way back and possibly even all the way to, to Socrates to some Greek philosophy. And I know uh, that Socrates did emphasize many times the importance of surrounding yourself with, with virtuous, wise, wise people. And and he had a few different quotes uh, to that effect. So, uh, this is one of them that, uh, that may have been his, uh, not exactly sure. Did you, did you find anything when you were, when you were poking around? No, similar. Um, a lot of a lot of attributions like uh, used in more modern times. Um, mm-hmm. I think I saw one attributed to to Lenin. You know, um, <laughs> you know Vladimir, not John. And uh, okay, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So it, yeah, I, I this one was a little confounding. I think it's you know the with some of these the more common sense they are or the the more they make sense, often the older they are and the harder they are to pin down. Right. Yeah, exactly. Although uh, I didn't know that Lenin had said that. I don't know if his choice in friends being Stalin and Trotsky was, was the best choices, but uh, you know. Yeah. It's a, you know. Tell, yeah it's, tell me who your friends are and I'll tell you what you're guilty of. I think it's probably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll tell so. you, tell you who you're going to be assassinated by or something. But uh, at any rate, um, yeah, this is a good one. It's been around a long time and, and ha- had lots of different versions. So, um, one other, one other, uh, uh, kind of iteration I found of this was, was actually biblical. And I think you came across it as well, right? The one in Proverbs. Yeah. What was that? That one is uh, Proverbs, uh, 1320. It says, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. Okay. Yeah. I saw so, a, a different translation of that. Like he that walketh with wise men shall be wise but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Yeah. And so it doesn't say exactly the same thing, but the, I think the, the gist of it is the same where it's, it's it instructing you to, 
be careful of who you associate with because it yeah. matters in some way, shape or form. Right. So that's kind of what we're, we're hoping to dig into today. Why does it matter? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter uh, who you associate with. Um, so the, the, the original, the, the saying that we're going off of here, is show me who your friends and I'll show you who you are. So in that, I think there's kind of an implicit uh, understanding. There's like an implicit understanding there that it, it, you change based on who you're around. Does that, does that make yeah. any sense? Is that, is that what you're kind of getting from it too? Yeah, definitely. I, um, and I, I think that's something that everyone can relate to. It's, it's something that you go through growing up, you know, like you're kind mm-hmm. of trying to discover who you are, like in high school and junior high and stuff. And, and that's when you're bouncing around different social groups a lot of times, kind of decide who you are. And a lot of that's influenced by, by the people, you know, in that little, that little subculture you're exploring, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's what I thought of too. Is is adolescence? Uh, is I think it's when it's most pronounced, you, where you're really kind of trying to find yourself and figure out who you are. And and uh, I think friends play a huge part in that. So uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, I think there's kind of two sides to it when it comes to m- becoming who you are with, with your friends, because I think there's a little bit of a feedback loop in in that who you associate with kind of influences you. But also you, you know, that also influences the kind of friends you want to be around. So it, it kind of goes back and forth. Yeah. And so um, I I had, you know, just remembering how it was growing up. And uh, the, I, I remember in, going in school, there were a few times when there were some people that I enjoyed hanging out with, that I was friends with. And, uh, but ultimately felt like maybe it wasn't a good fit for who I wanted to be if that makes sense. And I had to step back a little bit from that. And this kind of reminds me of one of the other, one of the other, um, proverbs that we had done earlier, which was, um, I'm blanking on it. You remember the one we did about friendship? Uh, Oh, I think that was a friend to all is a friend to none. Is it that one? That that's right. Yeah, exactly. It reminds me of, cause we, we talked about this a little bit on that one too, if you recall. Yeah. I, I, you're, you're talking about that kind of reminded me of, you know, my, you know, my own adolescence, I guess my own, uh, experience in, you know, the, the kids in the neighborhood, the friends, the, the friends I had. And I remember we used to, I didn't have like, I didn't have the Nintendo. Right. So, um, so the kids who did right there, that was the popular place to go. Whoever had the latest, you know, I think of course. when I was in high school, it was the, uh, the N64. I think it was the, the thing the yeah, thing to have golden eye. And so, so like, you know, you'd, you'd go over to the kid who's, who's got that. And, uh, my parents were never really into video games or really letting us have them. But, but eventually in high school, I think my mom wanted my friends at our house, right. She wanted to <laughs> that, that influence, um, yeah. on them. And also, you know, that, that their influence, like my, my family's influence on me too, to be at our house and in, in our home. So, um, uh, just that, rec- that brought to mind that experience and kind of the, the logic behind that, that my mom had. Yeah. I think that's a wise mother there. She wants a little bit of control over who, you know, what, what the, what the kids are doing and what they're, what, uh, you know, while they're hanging out. So I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I understand that completely. And, uh, you know, 
our personalities are shaped in, in so many various different ways that uh, I've, I'm noticing even now as a parent, I see like my daughter, my sons uh, having different experiences coming home from school and who they, who they associate with. You know, there's certain kids that I'm like, man, this is, I, I love my kid hanging out with this kid because it's a great kid and, and I, I feel like it's bringing out the best in them. Whereas otherwise, mm-hmm. other kids, maybe I don't feel so much that it is bringing out the best in them. And I, I, I kind of mean, try to steer them towards the kids I think are, are, uh, are helping them become the best versions of themselves. Yeah. So I, that's, you, your that's, kids are still kind of young, right? But yeah, yeah, they are. My, my oldest, you know, just went to like her first, uh, birthday party, uh, you know, one of these, uh, mm-hmm. like indoor playground, playground places. So yeah, that's, I'm, I've been inducted into the, into the world of, of going to kids' birthday parties. But yeah, she's nice. They're, they're still just getting into that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so I've read a lot of books on like business and stuff going, um, throughout my career. And, uh, this, this seems to be a common theme as well. Um, a lot of successful businessmen will talk about the concept of creating like a mastermind group or mm-hmm. some kind of, um, you know, association with other people who are very successful, try to associate with people who have what you want, who are the kind of people that you want to be. And, uh, with the, with the hope that it will rub off on you, you'll learn things from them, you'll pick up things and you can become more like those people as it says in Proverbs, walk with the wise and become wise. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think, you know, we're, we're, we're doing that a bit, I guess, with, uh, seeking out yeah. the, the kind of groups that, that where we met, you know, uh, in, in the exit group, you know, people trying to improve their, their situation and, and take a, take the bull by the horns and kind of controlling their destiny, I guess. Um, have you had any other experiences with that, you know, professionally, um, seeking out people who, who are on the trajectory you want to be on? Yeah. As a matter of fact, I, I can think of an example. Um, I was, uh, uh, I was working as a sales in, a, in one of my sales jobs and, uh, I, it was, I was new into the industry. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't really know how to sell it. I didn't, I didn't know anything. And so first thing I did was I just started looking on the leaderboards. I mean, they, they post who is the top salesman and I just started harassing the guy. <laughs> I just started pestering him to see if, you know, if he would be willing to go out to lunch with me, if he could take me on some sales calls, if he could do this, that, and the other. And at first, I mean, I, the guy I'm sure got bombarded by people cause it was a big organization, mm-hmm. lots of salesmen. And, um, uh, he was kind of like, I didn't really respond super well at first. And then my first few months on the job, I was really working hard. I'd set some really lofty goals. And I was grinding really hard. And I think once he saw that I was putting in the work and making a few sales and, and getting up there on the leaderboard, especially just for the, you know, at least for, for, for a new guy, you know, then yeah. he responded and said, Hey, yeah, you can come out with me. So I think he wanted the, you know, he wanted his time was valuable. He didn't want to waste it on somebody who, who wasn't willing to put in the, put in the time. But, but yeah, um, it was, it was super valuable to go with him and see him work and see the kind of dedication and, and, um, and work ethic that he was putting in. And, uh, it, it was surprising to me when I did that because I realized his sales pitch was not especially different. It was polished mm-hmm. and smooth cause he'd done it a million times. Uh, but his, his presentation style was nothing, um, to, to write home about. It was just, hard work and dedication is really what it was. And that, and that was super eye opening for me because I always thought, Oh, maybe he's got some secret little thing that he's doing. Maybe I can pick up some, some, 
some key phrase or some way to overcome yeah. an objection or do this, that, and the other. And really what it was is he was outworking everybody by, by two to three X. And, uh, and so, yeah. but that, that was a valuable lesson. That was a really valuable lesson. And so I tried to associate with him and other guys like him as much as I could, you know, whenever they were having lunch or doing this, that, or the other. And so, uh, just to, uh, and, and even the, the hard work, it's not just like, it's that simple either, because everyone says, yeah, I'm going to work real hard. And then a lot, most people don't. So there are some, t- some tricks and stuff to that. Like, you know, avoiding distractions when you're, when you're, you got that time to make your sales calls and, and, and follow, follow up and do things when people are often get distracted. You know, what are you doing with, you know, yeah. are you looking on your phone? How do you, how do you stop yourself from doing that? How do you make yourself get up in the morning and get out there when you could dilly dally? So there are some, some, some tips and tricks that, that I, that I picked up. It wasn't just so, you know, work harder period, but, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I learned a lot from him and, and, uh, was able to, to be more successful because I was able to, to, to associate with some really successful guys. That's great. That's great. Uh, great example. Yeah. How about you? Well, you know, when you're talking, I, I got thinking like, oh man, I don't, I don't have anything like that. <laughs> I, I'm so, I'm, I'm too introverted to really go out there, but I will say I am, I'm pushing myself in that direction. So with, with, uh, I like, you know, I'm dabbling in, in some fiction writing. Um, and I'm going to go in a couple weeks, going to go for the first time to like a conference, like a writing kind of a local one here in Utah. Um, but I'm going to go meet some people in real life, meet some real published authors and, and try and try and get that going. Right. Try and forge an association and, and relationship with some people who, who are in the direction I want to be headed. Right. Um, yeah. And, and, and then, you know, kind of in some of the investigation I've done there, I, I will share a story. It's not mine, but, um, the, the popular fantasy author, Brandon Sanderson. Um, so, you know, a lot of writers will be in writers groups to bounce uh, their stories off each other, get feedback. Um, and a lot of those groups fizzle out. Um, just people don't want to take feedback or, or just the people in the groups don't gel well. But, um, but I, I was listening to to another podcast uh, about writing and the the story with with Brandon Sanderson's like his writing group when he was starting out like everyone in that group now is a published author which is really wow. unusual for a writers group so I think it goes to show that when when you've got you know a group of people who are who are headed the the same direction who are who are aligned in in that motivation you know you can all kind of succeed together. Yeah, I think that's great. I think that's excellent. Yeah. Great example. And, and I think, um, is that as you were speaking, it reminded me of a, a quote that I came across, uh, of Socrates while I was doing some research for this and I'd kind of forgotten about it, but, um, uh, I think, uh, well, here, I'll just read it. It says, be slow to fall into friendship, but when you are in continue firm and constant. So I think that goes along with this saying as well, because it doesn't mean you have to be to, to, you know, be, to, you know, show you who your friends are and I'll show you who you are. It doesn't mean you have to be super outgoing or gregarious or mm-hmm. like the, a, a, like a extroverted type of person. You can be an introverted type of person. What it's in fact, maybe those people are better at this. I don't know <laughs> because what it's about is being careful who your friends are so that you are careful about the kind of influence that you have in your life. Much the same way you might be careful about, you know, 
uh, a, a bodybuilder might be careful about what kind of food he puts in his body because it's going to have different effects on his on his physique or on his his goals towards his lifting or or whatever. Yeah. Um, socially, I think that's that's very similar. It's our environment. Um, if there's kind of social toxins, for lack of a better word, if there's these environmental mm-hmm. social social um, things that are causing us to causing us harm, uh, that could be something we may want to avoid. Yeah. So I, that, that brings up a question to me. I, I'm curious to, to, to hear your take on it. Um, you know, okay. where's the balance between being, um, you know, associating with, with maybe a less than savory group and, and, uh, hoping you'll influence them more than they influence you. Right. Like mm-hmm. you like their company, they might be good people, but maybe they're not doing the best things. Um, you know, I think, you know, that comes to, to, to mind when, you know, her, um, thinking back to what I was talking about with, with my mother and, and my high school friends and stuff, right. Wanting the influence, um, in, in my own home and, and having a stronger influence there so that, that they weren't uh, getting me into trouble or something, you know, like what, mm-hmm. how much, uh, how much effort should you put into that? Like what, what's is it better to uh, just um, find new friends, or like, are you are you are you deluding yourself, thinking you're going to rub off on them? I guess if you're that's if a, you're a good yeah, person. that's a really great question. That's a really great 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 question. Um, it's funny because the same job I had that I was telling you about earlier, where I, there was this you know amazing salesman that I was kind of going after, <laughs> trying to be his friend. Uh, there. There was another guy who was also a fairly good salesman, but also just not exactly the kind of person that I wanted to to be yeah. um, for a variety of different reasons. And he seemed to really like me. We got along really well. And he was always wanting to hang out, wanting to do this, that, and the other. And I was always cordial with him and friend, friendly with him. He still reaches out once in a while. But I, can't, I got to a point where I was like, you know, I think this isn't the guy that's going to help me get to where I want to be. Um, it mm-hmm. might in fact be, um, have some kind of detrimental effect spending, spending too much time with him. So in terms of, I, and I did have this thought go across my head. Well, you know, maybe I could help him, you know, yeah. help, help lift him up in a few d- different ways. And, um, I don't know if this is, uh, the correct decision or not, but, but the, the track that I took was I'm going to be here for him, but from a little bit more of a distance. Because yeah. I got to make sure, kind of like when, you know, like when the 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 oxygen masks drop down from the plane, you put yours on before you put your kids on, right? You got to make sure that right. you're okay before you can help anybody else. So I wanted to make sure that I was solid. I, I was, you know, I was getting, I was doing well in my business. I was doing well with my family. I was doing well in, in all areas of life. And if he needed help, I was there, but I was not spending every weekend with him. I was not spending lots of hours with this, with this guy. Um, mm-hmm. and always, always friendly, always willing to, to, to help. But sometimes when he would, he would reach out and say, Hey, you want to go do something? I'd be like, um, no, I've got, I've got some other plans. Thanks. And I would, I would kind of pull back a little bit just because I didn't think that we were going in the same direction. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, so, but what about, what about the guys maybe who, um, you do have a close relationship with, but, um, they're doing something dumb or they're, uh, 
they're they're not looking good publicly. Um, what's your what's your take on on uh, I guess correction? You know, like when you're mm-hmm. uh, like you know, because like I, I guess the context I'm thinking of here, and maybe you are too, is like online, right? The way people get kind of the 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 mob comes for them with the the pitchfork and torches and um and everyone wants public public denunciations of of so and so right and you know and i i don't think that's something you do to a friend um, no so what how what what would you say to that um, cuz you might not you might not agree with what they said or what they did but you're not but you don't want to be like the mob right yeah. So, yeah. So I, I uh, we, as you were first speaking, I was thinking of it in a different way and then you kind of t- took it a different direction. So I'll, I'll kind of see if I can comment on both. Yeah. So, so both. first is the, 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 the direct question you asked about, let's say somebody does something that is um, maybe unacceptable. Maybe they said something that wasn't, maybe you don't agree with maybe, and, and they're really being piled on. When someone's mm-hmm. in a situation like that, a friend doesn't add to it at all. Um, in my opinion. So a a real friend is not going to inflict any more damage or any more pressure or or anything uh, on that person who's already going through when people are really turning on them, like you mentioned the mob right online, if if they stepped in it, they said something they shouldn't have said. And and, and we see this on all the time. And every Tom, Dick and Harry online starts piling on somebody because they misspoke or they did something. A friend will not participate in that. And I I feel very strongly about that. Um, Maybe a comment privately to the person may be appropriate, maybe not. I think most of the time, the most appropriate uh, solution is just to say nothing. Um, It's not, I mean, it's not required that we comment on everything all the time. (laughs) Sometimes it feels like we are, you know, it's like, oh, I gotta, I gotta say something about this. You don't, nobody, you don't owe anybody an explanation for anything in most cases. So if your friend says something that was foolish or, or whatever, um, and I think the worst is when people try to try to say, well, I don't agree with what he said and, and yeah, I saw my friend, but you know, as I, I think that's just comes across as slimy, I would rather have a friend just say nothing, um, yeah. or voice support. And if they can't voice support because they don't agree with what was said or, or, or whatever, then, then to say nothing. I, I think that's the best way to, to play that. Okay. Um, and then there was another track that I was thinking of as you were, as you were saying that, and that was kind of more along the lines of like, I was thinking back to high school when a group of guys are doing something stupid, you know, and how can mm-hmm. I be an example to them and have them not do something stupid. Right. Right. And the first thing I thought of was if people are out doing something stupid, probably you don't want to be there. Right. Um, that's, that's the first thing. If other people are out getting in trouble or doing something dumb, you don't want to be, I've had some people like, well, I got to be there to keep people in check or be the designated driver or do this, that, and the other. I don't agree with that. I think it's typically best if you're just not there, if you know, they're going to do something stupid. Um, and your example should be, can be from afar. It can be, you know what guys, I'm just not going to this one. I don't yeah. think this one's a good idea. I don't think anything's good to have going to happen here and I'm out. And that is, that's an, a lesson as well. I mean, you don't need to be there 
um, with them to, t- for, to, for them to learn anything from you. Your absence can teach some, some, uh, sometimes as well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that, and that also gives them the opportunity to, to evaluate, you know, what, from their angle, you know, what, what friendship is, right? Like, are they going to get mad at you for not wanting to be involved in their hijinks? Or are they going to respect you and, 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 um, and value you, even though you're, you're taking a stand there? Yeah. And I think that's a, that could be a really good indication of how good of a friend they are or how good of a friend they could be. Are they the kind of person mm-hmm. that's going to, to respect you or not? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, friendship and who you associate with is super, super crucial, I think. Um, and it's, it can be difficult to find the right kind of friends nowadays. Have you found that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, (laughs) yeah. It can be difficult to find any friends nowadays. I, I, I think, um, um, and maybe it's always been this way, but it seems like it isn't, <laughs> it seems like it's harder now. And I don't know why, but it seems like in our, in our online world, it can be, it seems easy to make online friends, but having a good friend in real life that is a real friend and not just kind of an online acquaintance or somebody that you, you know, kind of follow up on Facebook or something, you, you know, um, yeah. that you spend time with seems a little bit more difficult. Do you, how, what do you think about that? I do, but I also wonder like if what aspect or to what extent is that like the season of life you're in? Right. Like Mm. I I made good friends in high school and I made good friends in college. And maybe that's when you make good friends, right. When you're younger, you know, in that would feel like, you know, a a church mission or serving in the military, same kind of age range where you're Mm -hmm. forging those friendships. And maybe it just is harder when you're older. Um, And that's just natural. I don't know. I think you're, there's, you're onto something there. I mean, especially once you have kids, it's a little bit more difficult and it's a little bit more, uh, you know, because now it, it's not just, are you buddies with your buddy? It's, are your wives buddies? <laughs> are your yeah. kids, you know, matching ages or, you know, uh, you know, boys, girls, whatever. Uh, so there's, there's more complication to just, uh, he's my, he's my, he's my old friend. Now you have a family involved and it can be more difficult. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and And then like, a lot of the aspects of getting to know someone, um, are, you know, a lot more informal than that lends itself better when you have more time to kill when you're young and single than it is when you're, when you're a dad and have like, you have to schedule out every, <laughs> every kind of social engagement yeah. you might have. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, as in our stage of life, who we're associating with the most is going to be our family. It's going to be our wife and our kids. And so, mm-hmm. and you know, our wives, hopefully we chose wisely. I think I did <laughs> and, uh, had a good, uh, <laughs> someone that's a good influence on you. And uh, uh, our, our children are mostly going to be influenced by us more so than the other way around since we're the parent. Um, yeah. So uh, the, the culture you set in your own family but like I said, it can be that feedback loop, right? It can come back at you. So if you're setting a, a, a bad culture in your own family is, and not taking a good leadership role as a parent, um, I think that could pass, possibly come back and, and, and uh, come back and impact you as, as well on the, on the flip side. Yeah, that's, that's certainly the case. And even 
I see that even with very young children, you know, my, my own very young children that, mm-hmm. um, they are, they are watching and they're soaking it all up and, and they spit it back out at you at, at interesting times. <laughs> just, just like I'm putting a mirror in front of your face that you're at your worst points. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I just the other day I was frustrated with my kids. I'm like, why are you always yelling at each other? And I was like, Oh, I was yelling at you guys earlier today. <laughs> Maybe you were learning it from me. Maybe I need to knock that off and, and teach, set a better example. But yeah. So, uh, I think that's, uh, um, uh, an important aspect of it is the parenting and the family aspect. And then, um, one, one thought I, I had that I, I want to get your, your opinion on is, um, as we, because in our stage of life, we spend most of our time with our, our wife, our kids, and then second most is probably going to be, uh, work, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you, um, make sure that you're able to do that in, when it comes to coworkers, are you able to, or do you kind of just get what you get when it comes to coworkers or, or, uh, what, what do you think about that? Oh, that's, that is a tricky one. Cause I think for the most part, you do kind of get what you get with coworkers, but there mm-hmm. is a little bit of a selection, you know, there is a sorting that goes on just by nature of your career path, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're talking about sales earlier and the people like you're, you're that's, that's sorted already for people who are into sales. Right. So so there's yeah. some some personality characteristics and and traits that that go there. Whereas I'm I'm in a technical writing field, and so the people have already kind of self sorted by a lot of you know introverted traits and things like that. Um, and so I, I think I think that gives you a head start to to at least get along with people. Um, but but yeah, it is. Otherwise, I don't I don't necessarily love a lot of what a lot of companies do trying to artificially foster those kinds of like relationships, you know, bring your whole self to work, all that kind of stuff. I don't, I don't right. buy that. <laughs> like, I don't, yeah. on the one hand, um, on the one hand, no, I don't want to. On the other hand, I don't think you want me to either. Uh, so. <laughs> that's, that's what I was thinking too. I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I, I always have always jived well with uh, every, you know, corporation I've worked for. Yeah. <laughs> like you, do you want me to be brutally honest at meetings? Probably not. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. How based in red pilled can you be at your uh, corporate <laughs> uh, function or whatever the kids are saying? these Right. Days? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, what do you think about, about the work um, getting along with coworkers and all that? Uh, yeah, I think that's, uh, it's, it can be tricky because sometimes you're assigned a team or assigned a a group to work with. And sometimes those people are not the kind of people that you would normally associate with. So it can be tricky. Um, I, uh, but, but I think you should still try to gravitate towards those who have what you want and are who you want to be. And I think if there aren't really anybody your whole organization that fits that fits that uh that bill then mm-hmm. maybe it's time to look elsewhere um i, I remember one time I, I was um on a work trip and i've been on a lot of work trips but this particular one we were flying and uh 
my boss, I was just, you know, I popped up my laptop on the flight and he and I were sitting next to each other and I started watching a movie or something. And I saw him like he was studying like Spanish, you know, phrases and conjugation of verbs and this, that, and the other. And he, he already, I knew that he spoke Spanish, but he uh -huh. was just studying it to get better at it because he wanted to be, you know, very fluent and very high level Spanish. And this is what he was doing. This is what he was spending his time on. And I was kind of like, oh man, like <laughs> maybe, maybe this is why <laughs> he's in his, the role he is because he uses his time, you know, to, to better himself rather than goofing around like what I'm doing. Um, yeah. So he was a good person to hang out with because he inspired me to maybe, I, maybe I shut the laptop off and read a, read a book that's going to do something, do me some good or something like that. So I think you can, uh, or it, it, you should be looking for those kind of people that can, you can learn something from. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. That's a good point. Like, uh, it, it is, it is, it can be an impetus to, to, to look for something else. If, if you find you don't really get along with your coworkers, I was just reminded of one, uh, you know, one, one crappy job I had, uh, kind of when, when I was in college, right around in that age, um, it was working graveyard, uh, like restocking for, um, for target, uh, mm -hmm. while they were doing a remodel. So like every night they would move, we had to move stuff around so that the remodel crew could, you know, tear up the floors in a different section kind of thing. Right. And uh, you get an mm -hmm. interesting cast of characters working, working the graveyard shift at a target. And, um, yeah, it definitely, definitely made me not want to do that, uh, <laughs> for a living for, for very long. Um, yeah, yeah. Some people make some interesting choices with their, with their lives and, and paychecks. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. And, and, uh, I, I, I've found that a lot of the jobs that I've, that some of the jobs that I've enjoyed more than others have had less to do with the job itself and a lot, and sometimes more to do with yeah. the people I was working with. If you're working yeah. with really yeah. great people you can do a job, even if it's not your favorite job. And I've found that it's more tolerable than even maybe a more enjoyable, the work itself might be a little more enjoyable, but working with people that you don't respect or don't really, um, gel with, with very well. Um, and so I, some of the jobs I have the best memories were people that worked hard, were, were sharp, uh, that I got along with and we had fun with. And so if you had, if you have that, um, that can, that can make a big difference. So, so yeah, I mean, who you, who you hang out with is really important and who you spend your time with, I think is, can lead to, um, enjoyment at work. And also, as we talked about, it can, it can influence who you, who you ultimately become. That's great. I think that, that, that kind of, kind of wraps it up nicely there. Yeah, it does. And then we're about, we're about out of time. So, uh, yeah, uh, I think this was kind of went in an interesting direction. So, uh, yeah, but, uh, Remember, um, show me your friends and I'll show you who you are. It's uh, um, who you associate with and the, the kind of people you spend time with uh, can influence you. And one, one last point that we didn't really mention, that, that applies online as well as in real life, I would imagine, right? For sure. Yeah, that, that, we didn't go in that direction, but I, it was on my mind a lot uh, preparing for this one. Yeah. Careful who you follow and who you, who you associate with, but yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Andrew. It was a good, good discussion. And thanks everyone for listening. Um, we will, uh, uh, see you guys next week and, uh, uh, remember to be careful who your friends are. <laughs>
right. We'll see you next time. There are only four things certain since social progress began. That the dog returns to his vomit, and the sow returns to her mire, and the burnt fool's bandaged finger goes wobbling back to the fire. And that after this is accomplished, and the brave new world begins, when all men are paid for existing, and no man must pay for his sin, as surely as water will wet us, as surely as fire will burn, the gods of the copybook idiots, with terror and slaughter return.